Welcome to this week's episode of Football Neophytes Podcast. We're going to talk a little FA Cup. We're going to look at the top of table carousel. Burnley is very enjoyable to watch when they're not playing your team. And the question, who's in bigger trouble, Nuno or Frankie Boy, was answered this morning. gentlemen what's up what's good what's going on brother nada kyle how's it going what's going on how is everyone doing how chris how you doing i'm 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 getting better i feel okay i just get tired super quickly we don't hear from chris halfway through he's falling asleep i'm i'm gone yeah he's passed out yep don't get covid it's not worth it not worth it that's the rumor (laughs) Well, we're going to get into Premier League, but I just wanted to make mention of FA Cup. I'm not even sure there were meant to be matches this week. I'm, I'm guessing because of the way it was structured, this was supposed to be an FA Cup week, but needing to make up matches because of COVID, there were matches this week. So we are going to talk Premier League, but I just want to start with the FA Cup really briefly. Um, there's going to be some there's going to be some non-Premier League stuff talked about this week. Wolves drew Chorley from the sixth division, the sixth tier, uh, and, and Manchester United drew Liverpool. So basically drew the complete opposite. Uh, Super fair. Ends of the, <laughs> hey, it's a draw. It is fair, I guess. Um, and yeah, Wolves, Wolves just... I, I was really looking forward to this break because I thought Wolves get Chorley, 3-0 win, get some confidence back, dominate the game, have a long rest, play Chelsea on Wednesday. They had like 10 days between Premier League matches, throw the Chorley match in there, should be good to go. And I've ne- I mean, it's, a, it's one of those wins that feels like a loss. Um, Wolves dominated possession, and that's it. I think they had two shots on goal. Um, We're going to talk about their goal later, Um, but two shots on goal, one went in. Um, I think the other one didn't even threaten the keeper. I don't even know if the keeper got it. I think someone blocked it. And Chorley, I think had two shots on goal within the first 10 minutes. I mean, it was, it was bad. Um, And so just more depressing stuff. Um, when your backup keeper, in my opinion, wins man of the match against a six-tier club, that tells you all you need to know about the state of Wolves at the moment. So, I don't know. We faced Chelsea on Wednesday, and it's a bad time to face Chelsea because there's the – I don't know if you guys have heard about this like new manager bump. They always talk about a new manager bump that teams always seem to win after a new manager comes in or they go, they, they pick up points. So I'd rather, I'd rather us be Lampard's last for sure loss than um, Tuchel's first win. So, but we'll see. No doubt. You definitely wanted them to make that sacking after 
the Wolves match for sure. And for you guys to be the reason or the tipping point for them. So sucks for you guys. I uh, did see though, ironically, even though, even though Lampard got sacked um, after he went, won an FA cup, yep. he got sacked after losing to Leicester in the premier league, which I heard that like three out of the last four managers or four, maybe now including Frank four out of the last five Chelsea managers to get sacked or, or to leave left after losing to Leicester. That's funny. Mm. So it seemed like fate, fate was on that side, but when we were talking all- FA cup. Um, Chris, you kind of had, I would almost say like the opposite experience. I had like a one nil victory that felt just horrible and gross. And you had a three, two victory over Liverpool that was exciting and enjoyable and everything that the nil nil draw wasn't. Yeah, it was, uh, it was everything I wished last week's match in the premier league would have been, um, you know, I, I mean, we've kind of talked about it and touched on it. Like how much do these teams care about advancing in some of these smaller cups? Yeah. Um, and so it had the feel of a big match where the teams maybe didn't necessarily care all that much about the end result. And because of that, the game was super fun. Yeah. Um, good. You know, Sala was so good. He, he had the two goals for Liverpool, um, but he scores in the 18th minute. And then uh, eight minutes later, Greenwood scores and evens it up. And then Rashford scores in the 48th minute and Salah scores 10 minutes later to even it up. And then uh, Bruno comes in at like the 66 minute mark. Uh, didn't start, comes in off the bench and just buries an absolutely beautiful free kick just outside the box for the winner. Um, super fun match. Again, I don't know. I mean, I think the, as a competitor, you want to win every, every time you go out there, you want to win. Like, I think that's, that's just the reality of being a competitor and a player and seeing United's reactions and the quotes after the game, you could tell that it, it meant something to them for sure. Um, but it, it certainly was everything I wished last week's game, the nil nil draw would have been. Um, so yeah, you know, it's fun, fun to beat Liverpool, no matter when you can beat Liverpool, the, the drawback is uh, Rashford got hurt in this match. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. He ends up coming off late with a knee injury. He, he had an MRI today. And so they haven't, haven't heard what the extent of the injury is. It sounds like he's going to at least miss both games this week. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause he was playing at such a high level. For I sure, mean, he, sure. <coughs> excuse me. He, uh, uh, Liverpool started a really young defender Williams and Rashford just abused this guy for the 80 minutes he was in there. Poor kid, you know, um, Rashford had the assist on the first goal and then he had the goal on the second goal. So um, losing him hurts. No, no ways around that. Hopefully Martial can step up and maybe contribute somehow. He's been so bad lately. It's tough to see that happening, but yeah. We'll yeah. So yeah, it was, it was fun. And, and what I realized is I love hate the FA cup because you have matches like Liverpool and United and it's fun. Um, you've got matches like Chorley versus Wolves. Um, and you've got matches like Cheltenham versus Man City, or even today you had Wycombe versus Spurs and Wycombe and Cheltenham had leads or draws late in the game and they just get erased so easily and so quickly. Cheltenham was up one, nothing in the 80th minute and lost three, one. 
Yep. Uh, Spurs and Wycombe were tied at wow. 1-1 at the 86th minute, and they lost 4-1. <laughs> so yeah. it's like the yeah. NBA Cup is like – it's like this little tiny piece of hope, and it's super fun to want to cheer for the Wycombes and the Cheltenhams against these huge teams that they have no business playing. Um, and when they get up, you're like super excited and pumped, and it just – is taken away and ripped away with three goals in like four minutes by these teams that just have too much firepower. Well, there's still one really low division uh, team left. Crawley town is in league two. So that's the fourth tier and they play uh, Bournemouth tomorrow, Bournemouth formerly of the premier league. Now the championship. So um, if they can pull it off, you've still got one of those teams. If not, then it's, I think I counted today, 12, premier league teams and four championship teams in the, in the fifth round. So. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's like Bristol city and Barnsley. Yeah. A couple of um, um, Swansea's still alive, which they're kind of a known team They're Are they in the, the championship? They're they're leading the championship right now. They've been in the premier league, not the not too distant past. They would be a great team to come up. I think next season, Um, just, they, they do have a lot of history and, um, be fun. It's always fun to see new teams, new teams come up. Yeah. If you want to mention Liverpool real quick, uh, since we were talking about that match, but uh, I was talking to, an, uh, I'm not going to name this friend because he, but a potential future contributor to football neophytes, there's some early contra- contractual talks going on, but, um, I was talking with him today. He's a Liverpool supporter and, and this is like the, this is, I think the, what I love about all the different cup competitions and the strategy behind it is he was like, yeah, I'm not too sad to be out because we have champions league and maybe could still contend for the premier league title, you know? And so there's always that strategy you've got to play. And it's true. Like for wolves, when we were in Europe last year in Europa, we didn't, I wanted to be out of one of the cups, if not both the cups as soon as possible. So we could focus on the two competitions that mattered. And I'd imagine for Manchester United winning Europa is actually maybe second to the FA cup, you know, because Europa is a second tier uh, European competition for them. And the FA cup has so much history. And so there's so much behind it and the FA cup can can get you into Europe, you know, if you, for some reason, fall out of the top four. So, um, and I think also the competition by the end of the FA cup, it's super strong. I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta be realistic by the, you know, round of eight, there's probably going to be eight premier league teams in there. Yeah. Maybe Uh, a championship side or something if the draws work out that way. Right. And so by the end of the FA Cup, the competition is usually pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, it's, it's a it's a fun cup early and you get your hopes up and you get your hopes dashed. But at the end, it does turn into a competition. Yeah. Totally. Um, I, I think, you know, this and I think maybe we talked about it last season. I'm just forgetting the teams that are in the Champions League right now. Like, let's say, so take Liverpool, for example. If they lose in the Champions League, don't they get fed into Europa? No, that only happens out of, um, if you cr- if you don't make it through the group stage, 
So like what happened to Manchester United. So in the group stages, when it moves from group stage and champions league to the round of 16, the top two teams of all eight groups move on to the 16. And then the third place team of all those groups drop down into Europa yeah, okay. and make it a round of 32. So yeah. Europa's top two teams also advance from all eight groups, but instead of them moving to round of uh, 16, it moves to a round of 32 or something. Man, that does, that math doesn't add up, but you know what I'm saying. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does work. I, I, I knew somehow champions. There's actually 12. I know what it is. There's actually 12 groups in Europa okay. and the top two. So 24 advance and then eight drop down from Champions League. So that's actually an interesting part of the round of 32 draw for Europa is you're kind of sitting there going, gosh, I really hope we don't get drawn. That's it's a reason to win your group because the winning group, the winners of each of the 12 groups can't face a team that drops down from champions league. So if you finish <laughs> second, you've got a chance of end up playing against these third place champions league teams. So, which are usually 12 monsters or Manchester United's they're yeah. yeah they're Lazio they're you know on a rare occasion a Barcelona or a you know a team that Atletico Madrid or someone who crashes out early you know yeah so well let's move on to Premier League it was a short week we're even in a short week we're not going to talk about all the matches but um there was a bit of a carousel at the top of the table uh, we talked about Leicester beating Chelsea. Leicester beating Chelsea moved them to the top of the table for a hot minute. Um, and then Man City won, right? Moved yep. them to the top of the table. And then Manchester United won, and it moved them to the top of the table. I think I saw that if if City wins tomorrow, it'll be the most different teams or most change changes at the top of the table ever in, wow. in the Premier League. Oh wow. So it just kind of sh- share shows like what a what an interesting season it's been. I wonder if that is I mean COVID and then um the uh first week game suspensions for United and City play into that a lot because for sure. Because those guys were down super low in the early part of the season. In United's cases, because they were playing like garbage. Um, but then they, they, they've certainly turned it on since then. Uh, but yeah, it's weird because like, I mean, look, I look at that realistically and I talked about it last week. I think City is something else. And maybe I have to take that back with De Bruyne's injury. Um, How did you hear? Stop it. No. ADB. I think he's out for six weeks, what they're saying right now. So that certainly affects City. Is that a Um, tear? I think I see a tear in Kyle's eye. (laughs) I refuse to believe it. Yeah, it's it's sad. Um, But, you know, I'm assuming Man City is going to beat West Brom this week. And at 19 matches each, they'll be one point ahead of United. United will play on Wednesday. And if they can get the points there, they'll go back on top. So it's, it's funny because COVID is definitely affecting the chase and the, the positioning because I, no one's, yeah. like there's, I think there's eight teams, seven or eight teams that haven't played as many games as the rest of the league. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think it's a bit of both the parody that COVID created because of the, 
um, because of just the short off season. And so you've got that factor, but then you have just the scheduling complexities of all these random midweek games and teams having played, you know, there was that one moment where I think Villa had played 15 and I think Wolves and maybe Liverpool and a couple other teams had played 19 already. You know, it's four games in hand is just ridiculous. It's unheard of, right? So, and Villa had to, is playing three games before Wolves play one, right? So they have to catch up. And so. I'm reading about uh, KDB's injury and Pep, Pep said it'll be about four or five weeks. But there's a Belgian doctor who who checked him out and basically came out of there saying like it's not the it's not the worst thing because now he gets rest and we can get him ready for the national games later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's playing the long game. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Well, we have to talk about Liverpool a little bit. We talked about their their loss to to Manchester United, but in my opinion, one of the most exciting games, 1-0, uh, Burnley beating Liverpool. I realize I I don't like Burnley because of what they do to Wolves all the time, <laughs> and they're so infuriating to watch. And I realized I maybe never watch Burnley. I never watch Burnley matches um, unless they're playing Wolves. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Burnley play. Their defense is so sound. They're always in position. Granted, Liverpool's struggled on the attack for the last, I mean, what do we say? They have another clean sheet again. I mean, they have another game where they didn't score a goal. It's like four or five games in a row, like five of their last six or six of their last seven. So obviously they're struggling to create chances and to, to score, but then you're facing Burnley and they just, they were always in position. There's always a man there marking their guy. Um, and it was really, it was really fun. It was really fun to watch them. Um, Nick Pope played great. Um, he's, he's a remarkable keeper. I mean, I know a lot of people are calling for him to be England's national, national keeper. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why he should be. So Burnley with a bit of a shocker, but not too shocking, I guess, if you really think about if you combine Liverpool's struggles with Burnley's excellence at parking the bus, if you will. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's been four straight premier league games where Liverpool has not scored. Yeah. Um, and shout out to our girl, Natalie, who I saw on Twitter predicted the Burnley win over Liverpool two days before the match. She predicted one nil. Uh, no, she said we're going to Anfield and we're winning. Yeah, nice job, Natalie. Shout out, it's good work. Um, yeah, Liverpool is struggling. I mean, there's not much you can say about it, yeah. Right um, you know, maybe Klopp should spend some more time focusing on his team than complaining about the rest of the league and how they're playing. Yikes, I know I really like Klopp and I admire him, but it's interesting to listen to some of his con- pre- press conferences and. That was my thought process too. Is like I really like Klopp, and again, not knowing a ton about football, especially about managers. Yeah, um, Yeah. he's kind of a dude I see on the sidelines, and I'm like, I like that guy. I don't know what it is about that guy. I like that guy, and obviously, his team has been a monster for the last couple years, and the way they play is super fun. Um, 
but he never or at least it never came out that he was speaking so poorly about all these other teams and how they're playing and um so it kind of feels like the front runner syndrome almost like hey when we're in first we're good and we're you know this and then when we're not it's everyone else's fault and you know Mm comes out talking about how man U gets so many penalties and why should they be given so many penalties and then he's talking about you know Mourinho and and his managerial style and all that stuff about all the other teams I'm just like the schedule the rest which might be good points they just come across sour when you're one of the greatest teams in the world right yeah for sure um and then speaking of that Burnley game did you think Allison deserved that penalty you think Burnley earned that that PK because the announcers didn't like it but it still got awarded I don't know what do I what do I know <laughs> I mean it's more than me yeah well maybe but <laughs> I think penalties are so subjective right even in this age of VAR where they're supposed to be inconclusive or conclusive I guess like you just half the time it looks like a foul and it's not half the time. It doesn't look like a foul and it is. And so my opinion, I seemed a bit reckless. So I would probably, I didn't think anything of it when they gave the penalty. I was like, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. It came out, came out and hard as you know, spikes were up. Yep. Yeah. I guess I get it, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. I do want to also, we got to talk about Arsenal a little bit. They're play, they've turned it around. Um, they're playing well again, granted it's three nil victory over, over Newcastle, but they're moving up the table and they've got a, they've got a good test this week. I, I know they play Manchester United right over the weekend, right? Yeah. So Arsenal's got a, a, a rough road in front of them. So we're really, we're really going to find out who they are. I think over the next three weeks because they've got uh southampton Southampton, who they just lost to over the weekend in the fa cup that's right they play again in southampton uh then they go to you and then they play united at home uh then they play the wolves on the road and aston villa at aston villa after that so those next few matches for them is going to be very telling it's very gracious of you to include wolves in these next few matches being challenging. <laughs> well, Hey, you guys are making 50% of your shots these days. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, you know, I'll always, just because of our friendship, I always want the wolves to be good. Um, and so in my mind, they're still good because they were good last year. They were good the year before. They might be struggling now, but I don't watch them all the time. Like you do. So yeah. in my head, they're still good, even though they're sitting in 14th. I think they are still good. They just are through a rough patch. They've really got the quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully these guys that they're bringing in can kind of help them rebound. Um, I did read over the weekend that um, – shoot, what's his name? Your best your best striker. Um, oh, Raul. Raul, he's probably going to miss the season, they're thinking. I is never he- thought he would come back. From the moment I watched him crumble to the ground, I was like, he won't be back this season head trauma like that like they said the healing process is going really well and i think he's training a little bit he is he's doing some running and stuff yeah so that's all positive but you know losing a guy like that especially after transferring um jota jota to to liverpool and 
you can't lose both those guys and think that you're still going to score a ton of goals. And the reality is there have been some injuries. Podence, who's really creative attacker, he's injured. I mean, we just don't have a lot of creative attacking presence right now, but uh, William Jose is coming over from Real Sociedad. Um, so that should be good. I think he scored over 40 goals in three plus years in Spain. So he's a Brazilian striker. So I'm, I'm happy that the wolves went out and got someone. It shows ownership Fosin's like desire to keep working and trying to, to make a move. They're not just giving in, which is good. Yeah. And I, I feel like they've been the most active team, in the transfer window, uh, not just, you know, William Jose's move, but I think they've called a few guys back on loans that they had out. Yeah. They they've called back almost everyone. It feels like they've got a ton of guys. They've called back. Morgan Gibbs white was actually at Swansea. Ironically, we were talking about them earlier. He's come back. They pulled back Cap- Patrick Catrone, which is the most bizarre. Like I, I was trying to liken it to a baseball move where, a player left a team and it was kind of a really poor leaving. Like that's the interesting thing about loans is it's so unique to our sports because once you trade a guy or let a guy go, if, even if you bring him back, it's usually after a couple of years or maybe after a year, but if you do that, it's because you've got a good relationship with them but with a loan. I don't think there was one wolves fan who thought Catrone was ever coming back. Like, we thought he was gone, you know, forever, but, but he's back now and just shows how, how poor of shape we're in at the, at the striker position. So yeah. Yeah. Wolves have been active. And there's still, I I was reading rumors earlier. There's, there's still rumors about them trying to send some other guys out now that they've called all these guys back. They might send Patrick Catrone out actually now that this William Jose guy. It's so crazy. Yeah. So well, I hope, obviously, I hope things turn better for Wolves, and I hope you guys beat Arsenal. Yep. But we'll see. Yeah, Arsenal's got a tough little road ahead. Um, Leicester spent a hot minute up at the top of the table after a, a solid victory over Chelsea. Kyle, that was your match, right? It was. It was my match, and it was I'm a excited. really fun game. I'm excited to hear your breakdown of Leicester. Um, okay. It was a good, good week to watch them and a team that, that I don't know, I think Chris and I both have soft, soft spots for. For sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was a really fun match, to be honest with you. Um, and Didi, who I'll touch on a little bit later, but really enjoyed watching him play. And he got started things off or started things off with a strike from outside the box that, To me, he did a really great job just even being able to get himself in position to attempt a shot on this ball. And he hit just a strike off the post and in before the goalkeeper even had a chance to move, uh, which put Lester up 1-0. And then from there, in the 37th minute, uh, it was interesting. Pujasic had not a break, not quite a breakaway, but definitely had a step on the defender and, and got fouled just outside the box, like a foot outside the box. And so instead of a penalty to potentially tie it up, they had a free kick, which they ultimately weren't able to even get on goal. And so that kind of kept the advantage in, in favor of Lester. 
Um, and then right after that, Lester had a, a long pass in which Madison was able to score and put them up to nothing. Um, and they had a lot of opportunities besides just those two goals. So it could have been uh, even a larger lead than two nothing. The only real other chance that Chelsea had was uh, a, an opportunity late in the game, which they scored, but then got called back for an offsides. And I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was probably the first time in which I was very upset at VAR. Did you guys see that offsides call I late didn't. in the game? Okay. I watched it probably, no kidding, a dozen times, right? And I saw all the lines that they were doing on the replay. And, you know, they were drawing yellow lines, red lines, different <laughs> colored shading. And I still can't understand why they called it an offsides. And ultimately, it would not have made a difference, you know, but it just... It was very, very strange. And so, long story short, Leicester came away 2-0, a huge win for them. They really outplayed Chelsea the, pretty much the whole game. Chelsea had a couple of chances, but uh, Leicester, Leicester played really well. And Where Vardy, do you – Vardy played in that game, right? He did. Because I think he he's injured now. He's going to miss a couple of games from what I was reading earlier. So, I couldn't remember if it was in that game or if it was the game after that that he got hurt. I don't believe it was in that game. He he played and, and played fairly well. Um, but like I said, they had a bunch of opportunities in which, you know, they, they just missed or hit it off the post or the Chelsea goalkeeper played really, really well too, to, to keep it close. Um, and, you know, they were, like I said, a, a Pulisic a foot away from getting him a penalty and then a questionable offsides from tying it up. But uh, at the end of the day, two nil. Yeah. So tell us about Lester. What were your impressions? All right. So I, I really liked Lester. I mean, there's a lot to like there. We'll start with infrastructure. And to me, um, you know, it, it all kind of obviously builds around their whole story. I mean, I know they've been around, a, you know, a long time, like all these clubs have, but it seemed like their whole story really, really builds around that year in which they won their premier league in 2015, 2016. And that put them in rarefied air, even though they're not necessarily considered one of the big clubs. They're one of only seven clubs to win the Premier League since its inception in, in 1992. Huh. I didn't so seven that. clubs in 1992. Yep. So they're one of only seven. So here's some, I, I obviously that's not a ton in the almost 30 year history of the Premier yeah. League. And so here are some comparisons. The NBA, 10 different champions. NFL. Hold on, 10 different champions? Oh, sorry. Since, since 1992. So same time frame as the Premier League, the NBA has 10 champions. So they're that actually seems, not. That still seems low. I would have guessed more. The yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of Bulls, a lot of Lakers, a lot of Spurs. Um, NFL, any guesses? It's about 30 years. 15? Uh, 15. You hit it on the head. Sorry, Chris. I'll give you the next one. Chris, baseball. How many do you think? Um, I'm going to go with like 13. Okay. 16. 16. All right. Here's one for both of you guys. Champions League. How many? 
Oh, champ since 92 champions league. We have a yes. lot more teams that are, have options, right? Cause you're pulling from five different, you're pulling from all the leagues in the world. So yep. there's hundreds of teams able. 18. I'm going to hey, go, Chris. I'm going to go 21. 13. Oh. It's, it was really, I, I, I don't have it exactly in front of me, but it's something like the first seven or eight years, there were seven or eight different champions. And recently, as you guys probably can think back on, it's gotten a lot more, um, there's been a lot more repeat champions in the last probably 10 to 12 years. So if, if my research is correct, 13 champions from premier league. So anyways, or excuse me, from champions league, but that all to say that there hasn't been a lot of champions from the premier league in the last 30 years. And the fact that Leicester gets to call themselves one is obviously a huge feather in their cap. I would say you want to know what you want to know the difference between all of those competitions and the premier league. Sure. They all have tournaments. They all have bracket style tournaments. So there's something I think it'd be interesting to come. Absolutely. It'd be interesting to compare premier league to La Liga to Serie A to other leagues that just crown champions based on points, because obviously when you play a tournament style, even with home and away, like two-sided like fixtures, there's still like magic that can happen, right? Like we know in the NCAA tournament, right? There's magic that can happen in any tournament style setting. So, so I do think that that creates parity and maybe is what's frustrating about the premier league for a lot of American fans. Yeah. I would, say that there's that's a great point first of all and i would say if you look back at baseball has 16 nfl 15 nba 10 that kind of goes in order of the amount of randomness is in the game as well baseball there's the most randomness nba the least among those three sports and um soccer probably you know premier league if there were a tournament well what do you guys think if there were a tournament do you think it would bring more towards that NBA side 10 or more randomness like the, like the MLB where you have seven, 16 or 17 champions. I'd say, more. I would say it's going to be more like the NBA style. Okay. Yeah. I think it'd probably be, I think it'd be more like NBA. I think there'd be okay. more champions. You'd still get some outliers. I mean, that's okay. what makes the FA cup. So exciting. Like Chris was talking about earlier, right? right. We're now in round five. Now premier league teams don't get introduced until the third round. So that makes a big difference, but um, we're now in round five and it's almost all premier league and championship sides yep. so weeded out pretty quickly. But if you remember, t- so last year it was Chelsea versus Arsenal in the FA cup which are traditionally good, big teams. But that year in particular, I think Chelsea finished fourth and Arsenal finished eighth, I think. Um, But the year before it was Manchester City versus Watford. Hmm. And City won the league that year, but Watford was like eighth or ninth. And so you, so basically like the last couple of years, you've had like an eighth place team from the Premier League make it all the way through FA Cup. They ended both, you know, eighth Arsenal won last year as the eighth place team. 
um, and Watford got crushed by by City uh, the year before. Yeah. That. So, but I def but yeah. I do think it'd probably be closer to the NBA than it would. But I do think yeah. it'd be more fun. I agree. Yeah. I, I just love tournaments, it, and clearly, football loves tournaments too because there's a million cups <laughs> that go with it. So. One more note to add is what you guys are saying is in terms of there's not a ton of randomness, uh, which I actually would have been my initial guess. But now thinking through it in terms of like the World Cup, where it is a tournament after the group stage, there's you still don't get a lot of very surprising winners to that. I don't think. Right. It usually still is one of the top four or five teams in the world who ends up coming through in that tournament, even though it's a tournament style. Yeah. It'd be interesting to look at the last 28 world cups, right. Cause they're every four years. So that obviously adds a different wrinkle, yep. to it. but look at the last 28 years of world cups and see how much parity there is. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's, that's over a hundred years. So that doesn't really work, but yeah. Well, Kyle, you keep running down Lester and I'm going to look at the world cup winners. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we digress a little bit, but all that to say a strong foundation with Leicester obviously having that status as former champions. They also have a great ownership group, right? We know about the unfortunate death of the patriarch of the Thai family who owns the team, um, but his son now runs the operations and is from what I can gather, really well-liked and really invested and really has carried on that tradition well. And so seems like a really strong ownership group that doesn't make this feel like it's going to be a flash in the pan type situation. Their manager seems very solid, right? I wouldn't say spectacular maybe, but very solid, steady, had a lot of semi-successful stints at Swansea City, Liverpool, Celtic, um, you know, I think represented himself and his team really well wherever he's been. And so there's some solid footing and that continues to show with another solid season here, you know, a few years removed from that dream season uh, a while ago. So four, four golden boots for infrastructure. I think uh, especially their ownership group really seems very, very solid and invested in. I appreciate that. From a culture perspective, I, first of all, I love the nickname, the Foxes. That's very strong. The crest with the fox right in the middle, super strong. Um, I was not able to find a ton of information on their supporter culture at large. And so um, again, it all seems to sort of the fulcrum seems to be that championship season where you had a history of almost irrelevance or, or just not a ton of success. And then all of a sudden being one of the clubs that can call yourself a champion. And that seems to change a lot and obviously inform the culture a lot, which in a positive direction. But do you guys have any other things that I may have missed in terms of culture, supporters? Um, things that made them special before that championship season. I, it, it almost feels like in, in the world of, of football, the world of soccer, no news is good news. Yeah. Right. When, with, with us, with a, um, 
yeah, supporters, it, fe- it feels like supporters matter more in soccer than any other sport I've ever kind of witnessed. Like, hmm. and so, um, and that may just be because I'm viewing it from a different angle than I have, like the sports I've grown up watching, but, but I don't know anything about them to that's the show okay. other than, I mean, I just, I like, I like the club and the culture and they seem yeah. to be a good club, but I don't know about their fan culture. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I think the cool thing that they have going on, right. Is again, building off of that i keep mentioning it but the dream season i mean i think it's worth repeating that season that they had a few years ago and building off of that and building a culture around that with a completely new identity than you had before right and i think that they're doing a good job starting that and so i'm going to give them three golden boots for a solid nickname and a really solid foundation to build that culture off of their strikers and their squad um, again, a ton of likable uh, players on this team, Jamie Vardy, William and Didi, and James Madison. Uh, Madison seems a lot. James Madison, bringing him back from the revolution. Yeah. Uh, James Madison seems like a lot of fun. They don't have a ton of size, which, you know, has been a thing of mine. But I will say the in the match, this match that I watched them play, they had a ton of hard strikes from well outside the box which was a ton of fun to watch i just you know those are they're obviously not super high percentage shots but they are a ton of fun when they the guy just unloads and takes a shot at the goal um and so that was a lot of fun watching them did you by chance see any interviews with madison i didn't see any interviews i did go back and watch some highlights and he just looks like he has a ton of fun playing I'm I'm start I'm trying to figure out with him if it's if his he's got a bit of like swagger arrogance to him. Yes. And definitely. I haven't quite figured out if it's likable or annoying. Like I watched okay. some interviews and I'm like, I like this. And we talked, I talked about we talked about last week talking about the the social distance, yeah, um, like celebration, the air high fives and air handshakes which the more I've thought about it, it's super ridiculous because then you watch after the match, him go and shake hands with all these guys, <laughs> like give hugs. And you're like, wait a second, this, this makes no logical sense. But, but then I saw another interview with him after this match and I was like, gosh, he seems kind of like an ass. So I'm trying to, I can't quite, I can't quite yep. figure it out if it's a, if it's a likable swagger or an arrogant. So the, uh, the jury's still out a little bit on him, but but yeah, there's still like it's a likable crew of guys. Definitely. And that's a obviously a thin line to to step to tiptoe, right? In terms of likable and charismatic and not being a complete jerk. Um, but I will say I, I enjoyed watching him play and he scored would, in this match. And I would argue fun. that you've walked that line for quite a long time. <laughs> I Even having been your having been your assistant coach of baseball for a few years. I can't disagree. I have, I have a lot of people who this day would (laughs) argue either side. (laughs) I'll argue the likable side for sure. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Moving on to kits and sponsors. Um, The blue and white with a touch of 
yellow gold. I'm not sure what they refer to it as. Very solid, nothing flashy, but solid all the way around. Um, their sponsors are King Power, which is a duty-free store that you would see in an airport somewhere in the world. Um, and or the Thailand Tourism Authority, which is on their third kit. But either way, solid, nothing flashy, three stars for their kits and their sponsors. That puts them at a total of, I keep saying stars, my fault. Golden boots, of course they're golden boots. That puts them at 13 golden boots total, which lands them in what has now become the most populated tier, the Clint Dempsey tier with Wolves and Everton and Newcastle. Um, and so, yeah, right there in the running, I really liked what I saw and we'll continue to watch Lester as throughout the, the rest of the season. I just looked at that tab on our, on our, uh, Google sheet and uh, cause every now and again, I check on that just to see where things stand. And I somehow, this is the first time I picked up on the fact that Newcastle is in that tier, which to me is like the most insane thing. And not only are they in that tier, but they're, they're the front runners of that tier with, with 14 points. Like, I'd, I don't know how I'm like, I feel like you made a huge mistake somewhere along the way, because I don't know how their infrastructure has three, how they have three golden. I don't know how you're, there's gotta be some racism involved because wolves, because they're owned by the Chinese, you gave them 2.5 infrastructure and Newcastle who's owned by the worst owner in the league got three. So I'll leave that up to you, your, you and your heart searching your heart as to why, but that is, that's a crime. I mean, goodness, you're just pulling the race card on me. (laughs) I, I just don't want free Hong Kong, you know, is all I'm going to (laughs) say. Oh man. Uh, Newcastle. Hey, you can choose Newcastle all you want. Have fun. I just may to be determined. All right, let's move on. Um, there were some, there were some exciting goals, even though it was a short week, I'm going to pull two goals out that were not premier league related because they were so insane. Actually, maybe even three, because there was a multiple from the FA cup. The first one of the week comes from the uh tier or league two did you guys see this i think i either tagged you in it or sent it to you the tom king the goalie (laughs) for newport county oh yeah the goalie from newport county scores a 105 yard goal it was amazing uh newport county is the team i've played with in fifa as my uh as the team i've tried to bring up to the premier league and so I'm well acquainted with Tom King and I was excited to see that goal. That was an amazing goal. Um, the other one, which I hinted at earlier was Vitinha. Uh, he's one of Wolves signings from the, from the summer transfer. He's really not played much, but we paid a decent amount for him. He scored a goal from 35 yards out. That was just wicked. I don't know if you guys saw that one, but 
And I didn't realize this, but they play with a different ball in the FA Cup. And I heard this on Wolves fan cast, but apparently this ball has more movement than mm. the Premier League ball. So they were saying that the FA Cup is kind of known for these wonder goals because they have so much movement. And that's how Vitinia's strike was from like 35 yards out the keeper and granted it's a six tier keeper. So no, offense, no offense to him, but I mean, it just makes some wild motion. Um, it reminded me of a Tim Wakefield curveball. <laughs> totally. I mean, it was, it dipped, it went back up towards the corner. It was, it was crazy. It was a great strike. It was a great strike. Chris, what do you got? Yeah. Um, well, I, I've got a couple. We haven't touched at all on Manchester United's match against uh, Fulham, which is totally fine. Um, the takeaway from there is Paul Pogba. His goal in that match was really mm. sick. It was with his left foot, so it was his off foot. And uh, to the back corner, far side, it's the game winner. Um not to go deep into Manchester United at all, but like talking to some of their fans and like some people I know that are their fans who have been around for a lot longer than I have, they love Paul Pogba and Mm. he coming in and just like the last two years, I've never understood it. And I've had long discussions with some of these guys who are like, no, you haven't been around enough. You don't understand. And I, you know, I don't know enough about soccer, which is totally true. Um, I'm starting to get it now because the Paul Pogba of the last like month, is a completely different Paul Pogba than I saw for the first 18 months of being a fan. And the way he's playing right now, and I know there's tons of other commentators out there who have said it, but if he can keep this form, United has a legitimate chance at, at winning the league. Totally. Um, and I've always said with him, I could see it even when he was out there not playing well, you could see in certain glimpses, the talent and his ability and you're like, how come that's not there all the time? And now he's like putting it all together and it's there all the time for the 90 minutes. And it's, it's crazy to see. And it makes me frustrated because it's like, I don't want that guy to leave. And so it's like, I have no idea what's going to happen with him in the future, but what he's giving the team right now is, is incredible. He's been so good for the last few weeks. It's, it's been awesome. As much as we're, Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was just going to say good Paul Pogba is mesmerizing. That it's goal incredible. was insane. That goal. And then like, like I was saying, like you saw glimpses of it. Like he has an ability to kick the ball. Like I've never seen anyone else. Like I, I don't Through know. Through the goalie. Like, yeah. But, but not even that, like even on passes, he makes passes that I don't know if there's another human being who can do it. Like he'll, mm he'll flip sides on the ball and he, but it's because of the pace and the accuracy that he puts on it. Like there's other guys who can just boot the ball. Like you see a goalie boot the ball. Like we had the 105 yard goal this week. Right. Um, you see guys, but they've got to put so much air on it and it's got to yeah. travel and, and you hope the defender doesn't react quickly enough. And Paul, he has the ability to just fire a ball. Like I've never seen on a line, to a teammate on the other side of the pitch that I'm just like, like, how does a person do that? Like it's, it's crazy. And so for him to be putting all that in all the time right now, it's so fun. And I'm totally understanding why United fans is like, no, 
I love Paul Pondo. I know the goal was amazing, but my favorite part of the goal was Kenny <laughs> Tete's face. It just like in the you had to see it in like one of the replays, but his face was like damn. Yeah. <laughs> damn. It was great. You sent us a screenshot of it. It is perfect. <laughs> and, and to move on from United, a couple of my favorite goals this week. So Treori from Villa had a really cool goal. Um, Graylich got the assist. I don't believe the pass was actually to Treori. I think it was to uh, his teammate that was behind him, and it ran out of steam, and Treori just ran in and booted it. Um, but there's something so cool about when the ball goes off a post and in. And so – he comes in a one-timer, puts it off the top post, the bottom of the top post, and just shoots down into the goal. The The visual aesthetic is awesome. And then my other favorite goal of the week was uh, Bowen for West Ham. He scored – I mean, it was intentional, but it was unintentional in that West Ham clears it to the other side of the goal, and I can't remember which teammate it was. He just boots this ball. He misses the goal – to his left away from the goal so bad, but it's going so fast. It literally hits Bowen in the chest and right into the goal. Like, mm. and, and then Bowen went like this to like, give it that nudge. And when they, they saw it first, like, Oh, what a header. I was like, no, 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 that was a chest. <laughs> he just kicked him in the chest and it went in and it was awesome. Nice. Kyle, you had one. I got one for you guys this week in Dembele for Tottenham had a to me it's got my vote for goal of the year not I think there are goals that are going to take more talent and and intentionality than this goal he I'm not even a hundred percent sure right that he knew he was taking a shot on the goal but I don't think that you'll see another goal like this goal he tracked the ball over his shoulder with his back towards the goal at an angle and then flipped the ball behind him probably 30 feet into the air and perfectly over the keeper's head into the goal um you know the amount of skill that it took to just get control of the ball, have some sort of awareness where he was in relation to the goal was incredible. And again, just with the ball going 30 feet in the air, only about 20 feet away from the goal and scoring, I just don't know that you're going to see anything like that. And it was really fun to watch. That was an awesome goal. He's playing out of control right now. Like he, he is playing so well at such a high, high caliber uh, he scored a goal. I don't know if you saw it again. We're talking a lot of FA cup right now, but he scored a goal in the FA cup match, um, as well, or tie as they like to call them the FA cup tie where he mm. danced around. He danced around these defenders, made them look foolish. And then he takes a shot that I thought for sure deflected off a defender because it looks like from the angle he's shooting at, he should shoot it to the right corner. And it hooks so sharply into the left side of the goal that, I mean, really, like when you see it at first, you think, oh, that deflected off. And then, no, he just fired that in the left-hand side. Mm -hmm. Scoring some great goals and 
looking looking really good. So since we're talking about how good they, I since we're talking about yeah how good Embella is, you don't need. Uh, I don't think you pronounce the N, or it's like a really soft, like nasal almost, like Nimbella, Dembella, Okay. So I've been sitting on this for a little while, just as I watch matches. This is so. Here's a new challenge for you guys. Um, I have been thinking about who looks the part and fails the most <laughs> as I watch games. And in my mind, there is one clear guy in the Premier League that every time I see him on the pitch, I'm like, that dude's good. And he just kind of sucks. So for me, the guy who looks the part and can't fulfill it is Ivan Caballero for Fulham. Uh-huh. <laughs> former Wolves. <laughs> is he? Yeah. So Kyle, in case you can't catch the name, he's the guy who took a couple of the free kicks <laughs> that, that missed where like he tripped over himself for one. <laughs> um, and every time I watch this dude, like he looks like he should be such a good player. He looks like he should be so incredible. And every time he gets the ball near the net, he can't finish. He can't score. He obviously can't do penalty kicks. Um, so I want to kind of throw it out there and maybe, you know, some of our listeners or even Stu, who is much more versed in the league than I, um, I want to know who like your looks the part, but is not the part guy. I'm going to, I don't even know. I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to keep that in my mind. I think we should also look the reverse because there are some goofy looking footballers out there that you're like, come on, bro. Really? And he's, mm-hmm. he's the boss. So I'm going to throw the reverse out. So this week we got a lot of football ahead of us. Let's yeah. uh, let's look for guys who look the part and aren't. And also uh, guys who don't look like they should be anywhere near the football field and are just a boss. I like it. All right, guys, we're bringing back a popular segment um, mostly because it's, it's mostly in our honor of Chorley FC and their amazing performance. Um, I am bringing back which club is real guys. We have five. We have five options for you to choose from. And I want to know if you guys think this club is real or not. Are you guys ready? Ready. I'm I'm never ready for this. All right. The first, the first club is Gloucester city, Gloucester city, real or not real. Go for it, Kyle. You're better at this than I am. I'm going not real. I'm going not real as well. Gloucester City is currently first place in uh, the sixth tier of English football. Gloucester City looking to move move up to the fifth tier. How far ahead of Chorley are they? I don't know. I think Chorley's in eighth or ninth right now. So (laughs) I don't know how many points they are ahead. But I did my research for this, but I only went down to fifth tier. Dang. Dang. All right. Next team. The uh, Kidderminster Harriers. Kidderminster Harriers. Is the Harrier like their team mascot? Like, or are the. 
Kidderminster Harriers. <laughs> Chris, you got it. They're real. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. They are real. Yeah. Kidderminster Harriers. All right, we're tied one-to-one. Next club, York City. York City. Nah, too too easy. Not real. Um, <clears throat> it feels like it's too easy. I also know that there's Yorkstown team. Um, it's so easy. I, it has to be real, even though it's so easy that it's fake. I'm going real. It is real. Yorkstown. Yeah. Chris is leading two to one on Kyle. Get out of here. All right. Next. Blythe Spartans. Blythe Spartans. Um, are, are we talking? I mean, are these worldwide potential clubs? All, it's all <laughs> in this in- is uh Western Arizona. So because really- when I drive through Blythe on my way to Disneyland, there's no way that there is a football club in a professional league in Blythe. Just England. Um, I, I'm just, uh, I love stopping at the In-N-Out in Blythe. I'm going to say that this is fake, though. Yeah, I think I think Nate's got California on his mind. This is fake. They're a real club. Blythe <laughs> Spartan is in last place of the sixth tier. Blythe Spartans. <laughs> All right. Are they sponsored by the town of Blythe? Because that would be amazing if they <laughs> used all of their tax dollars. All right, this is the final one. This is a chance for Kyle to to draw Chris or Chris to win. Solihull Moors. Solihull Moors. All right, Chris, you go first. I'm taking whatever the opposite of what you take. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So there's a lot that goes into this decision um, because they've all been real so far. And would Nate actually go five real teams in this? Um, I would say he won't unless he did. (laughs) So I'm going with real. All right. I'm saying he, he won't, he won't go all five real. It's, it's fake. Solihull Moors is real. I went all five real (laughs) clubs. This was in honor of Chorley. So I get, went with all five teams from the sixth de- tier of English football. <laughs> and I finished with West Midlands own Sully Moors. West, West Midlands is where Wolverhampton is. So I let, I round, rounded us off. Um, oh, actually, no, Sully Moors. I forgot. They are in the fifth the the fifth tier because there is no sixth tier team from west midlands so i just threw away mm. this team but what's interesting about sully home moors is they exist from a merger a merger between two teams in 2007 more green and wow. sully hole borough so there okay. it is hey nice <clears throat> You know what we haven't talked about yet, guys? What's up? Something near and dear to both of your hearts. Oh, Leeds? 
the 49ers upping their ownership in Leeds United. Um, how do you feel about that as a Wolves fan, having your, your favorite franchise over here investing into a potential rival? And Kyle, how does that affect you and your heart and your uh, maybe potential love of Leeds? I don't mind it. If it were a team that were like a rival of Wolves, you know, like a team I didn't enjoy, that would be maybe more problematic. But I have no, I have no hate for Leeds, and uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I was fun watching that little video, giving props <laughs> out to Jed York and the Niners ownership group. I'm hoping so they that, don't invest too much money. I'm hoping they save a little bit to get Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, if they would have been like, hey, we're pumping $100 million into West Brom, you would be feeling it. That'd be far more problematic. Okay. All right, Kyle, how about you? Does it does it help? Does it, does it maybe change the golden boots at all? Does it uh, affect anything with you? Oh, it absolutely helps absolutely i saw that and you know i i might have to go back and well here's the thing is i already gave leads a five for infrastructure because i i like the majority owner andrea rodrona you know whatever his last name is i like him a lot i knew the niners were invested with about 10%, they upped that to 37%. 30, I didn't know that. 37%? 37% now. Yikes. That's good. And so absolutely it helps their cause as far as my selection process goes. I think it, if you're a lead supporter already, I have to believe this is a, a very, very positive thing for you. Not because... Uh, the Niners are a great franchise, although they are, they're the greatest football franchise, American football franchise, but just to have a, another sports organization be so heavily invested in you as a team that's in the premier league for the first time in a long time, that has to feel really good about your staying power. And that's exciting for my selection and it's got to be exciting for lead supporters. I would imagine. Yeah. And it's got a looking back at the uh, team payrolls, you know, Leeds is 19th on the reported payroll list at just 22 million. So Mm. maybe this bump in ownership brings in more money for them to where they can start increasing that salary and bringing in more players at higher wages, allowing them to compete at better levels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about financial fair play, how that affects wages. I know that affects transfers. So that's, that's something that I think you might be touching on there, Chris, is if financial fair play only matters for transfers, like your actual transfer payments, but you can pay salaries as much as you want, then that's obviously helps you lure talent to your club. Even if you've got to play within some rules on how much you can pay for transfers you still got to pay the players their wages so that's interesting yeah and this to dive a little bit on that it's a little strange i don't know where these figures come from but for their 2020 2021 transfer fees Leeds united has actually paid the sixth most in transfer fees at 96 million 
Yeah. And you see that a lot from newly promoted clubs. Right. And that's kind of, I think we were talking about this before the show. Um, when you're a newly promoted club, you got to try and you, you're not playing in the championship anymore. You got to play with the big boys. And so you will see a lot of clubs because they do get a payout. What do they say? The, the winner of the, of the championship or, or the winner of the, the championship playoff is like the, mm-hmm. like the most lucrative payoff. And yeah, I want to say it's like yeah. 77 billion or something. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big deal. So yeah. Well, let's move over to lock it in review. Um, not a good week for, for Kyle and I, we both picked Liverpool. We didn't listen to Natalie. We both picked Liverpool over Burnley that drops me to 12 and seven and drops Kyle to 11 and eight. Chris making up some points. He picked city over Villa that moves him to eight or 10 and eight. So uh, with a game in hand, with a game in hand, uh, Chris is, is getting close. Uh, we have two match weeks built into one this week. So we've each picked a couple lock it ins for this week. Um, I am going with a, a Wolves double dipper. I am going with Wolves losing to Chelsea. I picked that before the managerial uh, bump. Now I even more so feel like that's a good choice. Um, but then Wolves have owned Crystal Palace over the last couple of years. And so I am taking Wolves over Crystal Palace over the weekend. Nice. Um, I... I had no idea you were going to bring up Arsenal and their recent form. (laughs) This is kind of funny to me. Um, I didn't mean to do this, but I'm double dipping with Arsenal. Um, I'm taking Southampton over Arsenal in the midweek games. And then Manchester United over Arsenal in the weekend games. Uh, From the standpoint of Man United owes Arsenal for beating them 1-0 earlier in the year when they were playing horribly. So um uh, i will back my boys against them it's just funny that i picked against arsenal twice even though they're playing good ball right now so we'll see how that goes kyle did you double right. dip on any team i did not do the double dip this week i am going to take a couple different flavors so i'm going with Leeds over newcastle you've heard of the new manager bump i'm going with the new ownership bump with Leeds. Burnley got the Burnley. Burnley got Burnley the got the new bump. ownership bump. They created the new ownership bump. So I'm I'm rolling with that trend. And then I'm going to take hopefully a gimme with Tottenham over Brighton. I like it. There's lots there's lots to watch this upcoming week. I think every team plays twice. Um I haven't verified that, but a uh, lot of matches ahead of us. Um, we're, the, we're basically in the second half of the year. I'm almost, most of the teams have played 19. So we're starting to, we're definitely going to be in the second half for pretty much every team after this week. Um, I've got three matches that I think will be interesting. Um, Tottenham, Liverpool, um, two teams that were right at the top of the table earlier in the year. And Liverpool, we've obviously talked about their inability to score lately. Tottenham, that plays right into Jose's type of football. Um, Wouldn't be surprised to see Tottenham 
pull this one out or a nil nil draw to be honest um but i'm still picking that as a bat a match to watch because it it matters um everton lester i think that's going to be a great match i'm still really intrigued by lester um and everton still um, fighting for the top four and then arsenal manchester united two teams playing really good football right now um but we'll see if arsenal's is real or not i am i'm gonna add a game a match to that list i am really really interested in the chelsea wolves game midweek um for a couple of reasons obviously for wolves and hopefully they can get back into the form that they've had over the last couple of years um but that that but specifically to see how chelsea responds um you know we've talked about the managerial bump and things like that um it's really going to be interesting what two and a half days of a new coach a new voice can actually do um, because that squad is struggling like nobody's business right now, especially considering the talent that they have. You know, they won their FA Cup matchup this weekend, 3-1. Tammy Abraham, who hardly plays at all for them in the Premier League, had a hat trick. Um, so they got goals from a guy that they don't even play on a regular basis. And he played um, great last year. Um, he, I love Tammy Abraham. I don't understand how he's not getting minutes. Uh, well, they brought in all these guys over the off season, you know, they paid $250 million in transfer fees, bringing these guys in who are doing nothing for them. Um, I've well, been. And that's part of the deal is I heard that they, they were really keyed in on a German manager. So when they brought in Tuchel, they uh, brought him in because they wanted someone who could speak German to help with Havertz and Werner. So um, it's, that'll be interesting, right? to see how, because to, yeah, just to see if he can get anything out of those guys. Yeah. It's the, the uh, Werner, Timo Werner. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Okay. So Timo, you know, he comes over with all this hype and he can't do anything right right now. He can't score a goal to save his life. He played the full match, I believe in the FA cup over the weekend. And uh, scored no goals. He took a penalty kick to try and break the tide and the keeper stopped it. I mean, he can't hit the broadside of a barn right now. And this is a dude who came over with a ton of hype. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that club. I mean, in some ways you could argue that Lampard got more out of the young guys when they had the transfer ban than yeah. he, he has out of, all of these players so yeah yeah we'll see well i'm hoping it doesn't affect pulisic um playing time at all he needs to be out there he's clearly one of their best players every time he's out there so better not well, affect that and we've talked about that as well right that it seemed like lampard wasn't playing him in the right positions at times and so yeah, new eyes on this squad. It'll be interesting to see what they do. And hopefully it takes them at least one match to figure it out. Kyle, right, I'll, I'll add one more. Lester, okay. Lester leads over the weekend should be a fun one. That should be fun. Yeah. Kyle, who are you focusing on this week? Yeah, boys, I'll be checking out <clears throat> West Ham versus Crystal Palace. Focusing in on West Ham this weekend. Okay, you've got to focus 
in on their song. Find out uh-huh. what song they come out to and what they, there's something that like when the players come out onto the pitch, there's, there's something that comes out with them. So if you can get, if you can get the match started earlier enough, um, you will, you will see what, what that is. And um, players to keep your eye on Kyle. Yes, sir. Um, the big one is uh, Mikhail Antonio. Mikhail he, Antonio. He is a beast. He is awesome. He's been scoring a lot for them. He was injured for a little bit, and he's back now. Um, Declan Rice is very well thought of. Um, a lot of talk that he may transfer in the summer. Um, I think they have a price tag on him of $90 million for the transfer. Come on. Um, and the big boys are are supposedly lining up. Again, these are all rumors and things I've read online. Uh, United being one of those, but they balked at the ninety million price tag. We'll see what actually happens with Declan Rice. He's a midfielder. Um, Jared yeah. Bone was the dude who scored off his chest this week. Um, they just kind of have like a lot of other guys who just play their roles pretty well, and they're having a good season. They have two checks on their team, Kyle. I know you've been okay. to the Czech Republic. Yes, um, they- sir. They have a midfielder Tomas Socek and a defender Vladimir Sofal. And both of those guys, I think, I think Socek is, is new to the club, um, but he's played really well this season so far. Um, and so, oh no, Socek's been there for a while. So it must be Sofal that they brought in, brought in recently. Um, but but he has he has a handful of goals goals this season, um, yeah. So keep your eye keep your eye on the Czech Republic's. and a Polish guy at goalie, Lukasz Fabianski. So they're rep- representing uh, Central Europe, which, as you guys know, is where I spent a significant amount of my life, and so I have a little little heart for those Czech Czech lads. Absolutely. And they've been playing really well this season, the the team as a whole. And so I'm looking forward to watching them. Yep. Should be a good one. Cool. Um, I'm not going to check in with you this week as far as your relegation rating because the Wolves didn't play in the EPL this week. So, but get ready. It's coming next week. We'll see how it goes after these two matches. Yeah, it could be. I could be in a really bad place. They could be in a really bad place the next time we record. Let's hope I'm not. I hope for your sake you're not. Me too. All right, gentlemen. Good work, boys. I'll catch you next week. Peace.